Well, hello, everyone. I have an announcement to make. We are the left behind. Congratulations. Dead silence. Come on, if we were, it'd be all right, y'all. It's a great day. We're in church on Halloween. Come on, like 100 years ago, we would have been called heathens and all kinds of crazy stuff. So we're celebrating Halloween at church today. We're celebrating four years of God's faithfulness at the vine, but also, hey, we're looking back at his past faithfulness. We're not just celebrating four years today. We're celebrating 4,000 years to come. Hey, even better, 4 billion years to come in eternity is what we're going to be looking forward to today. So we're celebrating that in God's house today as we continue our series, What Does the Bible Say About? Because whether you've been following Jesus for two years, two minutes, 20 years, you're kicking the tires, you know, of who Jesus is outside of a picture on grandma's wall or a baby in a manger at Christmas. We all have questions about the Bible, about the church, about Jesus, about Christianity. And so we take a space and a place to pause every year and we answer the questions that we have. Now, here's the kicker. You may have sent a question in and we may have answered it already. So go back and look. In October, we do You Ask For It. Now we call What Does the Bible Say About? We just try to dive in and answer your questions about that. So we are excited to do that today because we're going to be talking about living and giving. What does the Bible say about living and giving? And the goal today is a Learjet for everyone in Jesus' name. Is that what we're going to go? Yeah, okay, all right. No, no, that's not, that's not, we can't afford the gas. Are you kidding me? You got to pay the taxi bill, right? Like, don't you have to have that at the airport? All that good stuff. By the way, if no one's a pilot, we're going to be messed up anyway. We're going to be floating in that thing. It's going to look really cool in the front yard, wherever you are with that Learjet. But we're thankful today because we want to talk about living and giving. Because what we've been in over the past few weeks, if you want to get there in your Bible, we're going to be in Matthew 6. We've been in the Sermon on the Mount. And it's one of those, one of those things that's the most preached about, taught things of Jesus. One of the most important things Jesus said, but it's one of the hardest things to follow. Because what Jesus does is we've been walking through, he takes our natural shape, the way we naturally react to things, the way our flesh naturally reacts, and he reforms, reshapes it into his way, a new way. And we know when Paul writes in Romans 8, that new way is being molded in his image, living the way he lived and giving the way he gave today. So before we go forward, we celebrated it a minute ago, wherever you are, maybe you're just now getting to tune in with us. We're celebrating four years of the vine. So I'm going to say it again because Jesus gets all the glory. It's none of what we have done. It's all because we have just walked and followed him and partnered with him. Since 2017 launch, 16 salvations, four baptisms. Here's the thing, y'all. I'm going to be real with you. Uh, the Vine kids aren't in here. Well, some of them are, but it's all right. He won't remember. Luca will, but it'll be fine. He will remember. Uh, and Samuel's back there too, so it'll be fine. We meet in a facility that's got a pool. It's warm water, y'all. Like, I don't know about you, but whenever you got baptized, it was always freezing, wasn't it? Like, every time you got, we got a warm pool, mate, we got a slide. We'll let you come down the slide and dunk you. Whatever that is, if you need to take the next step of baptism, we want to walk with you in that. So we've had four since launch. Hey, one more is right on cue for today. So let us know. We'll set aside a place and a space. We could baptize you at Christmas, y'all. Like, come on. And warm water, so we can do that. So if baptism's your next step, we want to help you there. I'm going to go back for a second. 16 salvations. If it was only one in four years, it would have been well worth it. If it was only one for 400 years, it would have been well worth it. Because that's what it means to follow Jesus. That means that we get to be a part of what he is doing. So 16, bapti 16 salvations, four baptisms, 
And about two years ago, we started something online where we could answer prayer requests better. So in the past two years, so I'm going to say since 2017 launched, but it's really in the past two years, we've got to answer over 704 online prayer requests. So think about that. That's a prayer request a day, basically, that we have seen come in all around the world. Really, these are actually geographically centered in the, and where we are in the southeast, but like, that's crazy. That's crazy. Jesus, let's, just from a website? What? But we also are celebrating $144,617 sewed into global missions, and this is why. Every one of those dollars is going out so that the gospel can go to the ends of the earth. It's a seed that's being planted. We are going to be able to celebrate people in eternity who met Jesus for the first time. Let me tell you just a little bit about where that money went. There, there, uh, we've shared the story before, but we, we, we've given to a, a, a facility that houses pregnant women. A woman went in for an abortion. She met the facility. They fed her, clothed her. She gave birth to that baby. She met Jesus when she gave birth to that baby. That baby's growing up with his mother being a Christian, and she literally, all that she knows is someone supported her while she was in the home. That happened in this church. We've had families across. I mean, that's exciting, right? Like, listen, there's families on the West Coast that, we have, that didn't have food to eat, and we've helped them do that. There, there, are family, there are missions around the world. So this is what I'm trying to tell you. Never lose sight of the fact when we walk in obedience to Jesus, he is letting us be a part of something greater than ourselves, better than we could ever put in a stock, better than we could ever put in a savings account. We are being a part of something. Actually, it is a savings account. It's an eternal deposit. It's something that is guaranteed by the Holy Spirit when folks respond to it. So know what we're celebrating is all Jesus. It's not because of how great we are, uh, how many Learjets we have, cars we have, things we do. It's not about the sacrifice that we have made, but instead about the sacrifice he made for us and living from that. So that is what we're celebrating today, and we're continuing in that. So if you've got your Bible, we're going to be in Matthew 6, verse 19 through 24. I'm not going to spend a ton of time, only like four hours. We're going to have a four-hour-a-thon, and what we're going to do is we're going to keep passing the tithe plate around until folks give because you know when you talk about giving folks get all crazy about it. well anyway so go ahead and get there and i want to preface it by this if you saw this thursday night at greenhouse um i told you i was going to say it again so act surprised so matthew 6 verse 19 through 24 i want to talk to you a little bit about religion before we get there see religion's changed over time christianity the church has changed a little bit over time as a matter of fact a hundred years ago if you uh how you lived would point to whether you were going to hell or not. If you danced, hello, Footloose, uh, you were going to hell. When they opened your refrigerator, if it had something firm in it in there, you were going to hell. When I grew up, if you had the Smurfs, if you like Little Mermaid, hey, you know, it is. I was a flounder guy. Like, uh, Ariel was cute. It just is what it is. Like, I love that. Little Mermaid, if you had that on your shelf, you were going to hell. You were not, you were dancing on the doorstep of hell. And we think, thank God we're past those days. Well, let me tell you what it is this day in religion. And this is what Jesus is addressing even now. We have said if your car is worth a certain amount, if your job pays you over this amount, if your house is worth over this amount, if your vacation spot costs more than this, as a matter of fact, if I think you're rich, no need to come to church, no need to apply, because Jesus can't save you. And I want to tell you today, we got to rid ourselves of that. 
Now, I'm not a prosperity gospel person, but we don't need to come up here and say, just because you're rich means you're going to hell. And we say, well, well, well money is the root of The love of money is what Jesus says. So in other words, what we're going to talk about today is Jesus said, yes, it's hard to be rich and get into heaven. No doubt. But just because you're rich, that doesn't get you into heaven. And just because you're poor don't mean it gets you into heaven. It's only because of Jesus that you get in there. And so today, that's what I, we're going to focus on, okay? And I'm going to have something practical. So I promise I'm not going to beat you up a lot. We're just going to lean, lean into the Word of God and share three things about living and giving, but see really, rid ourselves of this religion we have of, did you know how much his jeans cost? Mine were $12 at, at Sam's. I don't care. I mean, it is what it is. I'm just a member's mark all the way. Holla at your boy. Like, it is what it is. I ain't afraid. Like, I don't care. Uh, not to worry about that with me, but we do that in the church. And we, we, we just got to rid ourselves of that because Jesus never excluded people. He always included everyone. So let's dive into the Word of God. Matthew 6, verse 19 through 21. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you one free for the asking, but today is an amazing opportunity. We would love for you to download our Vine Church app if you like to do things digitally. Go to the vine.tv slash app. There's a Bible inside of there. There's a prayer wall inside of there. Uh, there's actually notes for the sermon inside of there. What it's going to do is when you go to the vine.tv slash app, going to ask for your phone number, and it'll shoot you the link to our free church app. So if you want to do that today, go ahead and download that. It'll take you just a minute. But for everyone else, we're going to be in the Word of God, Matthew 6, verse 19 through 21. And it says this, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal, and cockroaches hide in. No, no, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. Palmetto bugs, that's what we call them here. He didn't say that. It says, where thieves break in and steal. Verse 20, but store up for yourself, what? Treasures in heaven, where moths and vermins do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Now, we've talked about this before, and I've said this before. We learned this maybe the wrong way growing up. We didn't say that. We said, where our heart is, our treasure will be. Jesus said, what you treasure, your heart will follow. Completely different. We messed that up. In other words, that's why we say here at the vine, Jesus is our treasure. He is our treasure. We want to be where he is. Wherever he's calling us to go, that's where we follow. And our heart will go there. But we would say, well, if our heart's in the right place, then that's where Jesus will be. It's what you treasure. Jesus lays it out. Now, what I love here is Jesus says this. Did he say, if you store up? Did he say, if you have treasure? Or when? Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, but store up yourselves treasures. So in other words, we're going to have treasures. No matter what, there are going to be treasures. God, remember we talked about this the other week. He reigns on the righteous and the unrighteous. There's going to be blessings. We're going to have treasures. No matter where you are, we have, some, we have some hurdles to get over here in the United States, but we're still the freest, best country on the face of the earth where we can freely do things. We have a treasure here. What Jesus is getting at is the question of our heart is do we treasure storing up things of this earth or do we treasure things in heaven? Do we treasure him? Do we, do we work toward heaven? Because our natural reaction is stuff. Stuff, right? But isn't it funny, the more stuff we get, the more stuff we need? Like, I just need one more thing. 
Just need one more. Just one more. Just one more. Just one, one more upgrade on the phone. One more upgrade. <laughs> just one more. And then all of a sudden it just keeps snowballing, snowballing, snowballing. So that's why Jesus says we have to treasure him because he's not after our money. He's after our heart. So the first thing that Jesus is telling us we have to be in living and giving is consistent. 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 What I mean by that is this. Jesus, we look at the churches in Revelation, and Jesus says, uh, you're neither hot nor cold, you're lukewarm, I spit you out, right? You either consistently store up treasures for earth or consistently store up treasures for heaven. It's all in or all, all, it's all in one way or the other. There is no in-between. And see, for us, when it comes to consistency, because we get uh, disillusioned with stuff that don't satisfy, we kind of make it an idol. We kind of make it an idol. We substitute the stuff for God. So let me tell you, this is a crazy stat. Get ready. Don't throw anything at me. There are some folks who have moved, so don't get mad at me, okay? I'm guilty of this too. I try to, I keep stuff more than I need to. It runs in my family. It is what it is. Uh, if you know, you know. Uh, here's a stat. There are 23,000 storage facilities in the United States that house over 50 million storage units. 50 million. Why do we need that? Nothing wrong with it. Listen, listen, I'm not beating you up. I'm guilty of it too. I have stuff I know I don't need. But isn't that crazy? That is more than the Walmart, like 50, 50 plus million storage facilities. Like, that's more than Walmart, Target, Starbucks, I don't know, Hardee's, uh, McDonald's. That's more than all those combined. All of those things combined. Stuff. And let me tell you something. What happens to that thing? They get a TV show where they crack the lock and people bid on it, right? Like it just ends up fading away. There's nothing wrong with, like, I'm not beating you up about storage. Hear me out, because I'm guilty of it too. I'm just saying, is that stuff what we're putting in place of Jesus? And that's what Jesus is saying. Do we think that stuff is more valuable than him? As a matter of fact, Jesus tells a story in Luke 12. That's some homework for you. Go to Luke 12, verse 13 through 21 this week. Read it. Jesus talks about, a, a, it's called the parable of the rich fool. And he goes, and what he does is he has this, he has this big, big garden. And he, he gets all of his crops, and he's got all these barns on his property. And he says, man, my barns are so full, I still have stuff left over. So I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to rip all those barns down. And I'm going to build me this big barn as big as the YMCA gym. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to fill it full of all my crops, and I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry. And Jesus says, you fool, your life will be taken from you this night. What good does that stuff do you? Put all your money in that. It doesn't matter. It has no lasting reward. Are you, are you storing that up? And so when it comes to being consistent, consistent, are we living like the last day? Because we would look and say, well, if my barns are full, then Jesus has given me excess to share as a tool, as a blessing to others. So when we give and live, I I'm not going to beat you up long. Just hang in there with me. <laughs> hang in there with me. Uh, I promise you, because he's beat me up on this all week long. I'm like, dang, do I really need that? Lord, I'm going to change the channel just for a second because I do, and then we'll come back to it. Uh, <laughs> come back to it. I think you were mean my neighbor doesn't need that, okay? Like, wherever we are, we've got to be consistent. So we've got to store up ourselves treasures in heaven, but we've got to live like the last day. Because in the end, as my, my great-grandfather said, I heard it my whole life. Ain't no U-Haul in heaven. We can't do it. And thank God, because I'd wreck it. If you know me, it is what it is. It, I would jump a curb at the Y. If you know, you know. It is what it is. So 
thank the Lord there ain't no U-Haul in heaven because you know what? He saved me from all of my baggage and there ain't no way I want to bring that in anyway. I'm going to have this new body. It ain't going to have no health issues. Praise God. It's going to eat some macaroni, some banana pudding, and it's going to be there. Peter's going to have it in line while I'm waiting. I know. So consistent. Verse 22 and 23 says this. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body is full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body is full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great that dar- is that darkness. Now, you know me. I'm a John guy. I'm a gospel of John guy. John talks about this in John 1. And in John 3, he talks about Jesus is the light of the world. John 3, 18, 19, and 20 talks about how the world was in darkness. And Jesus came and he revealed who he is, the truth, how we need a Savior. We are sinners in need of a Savior. But the world loved darkness so much, it would rather be in darkness than walk in light. And so Jesus is saying in that, when we're storing up treasures, we may make the world think we're storing up treasures in heaven because our name is on buildings talked about that last week when we're really just storing up treasure for ourselves, and that consistent thing so jesus is saying right here what do we look after as a matter of fact this is so important when jesus talks about this remember when moses came down from the mountain when he came down uh, we call it god's top 10 list you know he just came down with the 10 commandments the top 10 there's no coincidence that covetousness was in there coveting your neighbor when you live and give. Coveting, honestly, Israel was so poor at the time, he said, coveting your neighbor's donkey. Like, that's how poor they were. Yet rich in him. So when Jesus does that, he's saying, what is it you lust after? What is the idol? What is it you can't live without? This is where he convicted me. I shared it Thursday, so I'll share it again. It calls us to be consistent in our living and giving before I tell you the second thing, but what Jesus is saying here with with the light is am I more excited at what's in that Amazon box than I am opening his word and praying to him every day? Do I get more excited about that Amazon van coming down my driveway than I do about him? Because if I do, I'm treasuring the wrong thing. So if you want to see what treasure looks like tonight and see the wonder and awe we should have when we go into the the treasury, the the secret space we talked about last week, into the presence of God, look at those little twinkling eyes tonight when you throw candy in their bag. Let me ask you something. Those kids do anything to earn that candy? They did dress up, so we got to give them some. But did they do anything to earn that candy? Absolutely not. But they freely received it and loved it. That's what we get to do when we live and give the way God calls us. So the second thing that Jesus calls us to be is faithful. So we're consistent. We're either consistently giving to the world and storing up treasures of the world, consistently storing up treasure of heaven, but then we got to be faithful. We've got to be faithful with it because we're going to faithfully do it in the world or faithfully do it to Christ and managing money the way he leads. So this is what I'm getting at. We'll have some practical examples here in a minute, but this is what I'm getting at. 90% of divorcees in the United States say money was a primary reason for divorce. It just led to too much. It just led to too much struggle. It led to too much of what's going on. And so I will tell you, that breaks my heart. The last thing that I want for anyone who's following Jesus, I mean, Christian marriages work out that way. Like anyone following Jesus is the struggle that comes with finance, okay? We all struggle with finance, so let's be real. So the question is, are we managing money God's way or are we trying to do it our way? Because that's the deal. That's what happens. You see, The reason we can't say to someone who is rich 
need not apply to be a Christian is this. When we say that to someone, we say that we can't, we can't have joy in the world that we're in as we pilgrim toward heaven. I just want to be honest with you. Did God create this for us not to find him in? Did he create this not for us to enjoy the Christmas trees, not to, not to, to fuss at the squirrels that are running along the fence, unhooking power lines and stuff? Like, did he not create this world for us to enjoy? Like, really? Really, did he not do that? It points to him. It points to his glory. So when it comes to being faithful, that's what we have to look at in our living and giving. So in other words, when we look out, do we see God's faithfulness or do we see lack? Do we see lack? Do we say, we can't have this, I don't have this, everybody else gets this? Do we get controlled by a feeling or do we get led by faith? Because I can tell you in my life when I've been controlled by my feelings, they've always, they might be right one out of ten and I'll be like, I told you my gut was right. But most of the time it's sometimes, yeah, it's a feeling. It's, it's a feeling. It's not more than a feeling. It's a feeling. Led by faith, I just say, God, what would you have me do? Because you've given this gift to me. Now, you've given this gift to me. Now, what have you called me to do with it? So we've got to be consistent and we've got to be faithful because the light in our eyes is what leads others to them. Like the twinkling eyes of little kids tonight or last night that you load up on chocolate that you don't have to keep, that their parents have to deal with. Praise God. Everyone's a grandparent on Halloween. Like everybody gets to be a grandparent on Halloween. Just load the kids up with chocolate. It's good times. The light lets everyone else see him, which leads to verse 24 the heart of the issue. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Jesus says the best indicator of our heart is money. How we manage money. We can't serve both. He draws the rest. We can't. We, it, it's not possible to serve both that's why jesus talks about money and the church always gets a bad rap because when you hear money it's usually you, you expect the thermometer and i'll be like we're right here y'all like i'm not gonna do that y'all know we don't do that here at the vine and i love that but that's that's what you expect when we do that but you see here's the thing before i give you some practical things after after we hear an awesome story jesus is a better steward of your heart than i'll ever be and that's why we don't do that here. <laughs> so I don't beat you up about giving. I'm not beating you up about your stores. Don't get mad. Don't go out there and think you got to throw all the stuff out. Don't, don't do that. Jesus will lead you better than I ever will. I'm going to be held accountable for how I point you to him. And so Jesus is saying throughout all this, are you consistent in storing up treasures for eternity? And what we're celebrating today shows the heart of where we are with that, that our treasure is him. And yes, we want to do that individually and collectively. Are we faithful with what he's given? We'll talk more about that in a minute. Yes, we have been, and we want to continue to be. But just because I'm faithful today doesn't mean Satan's not going to come after me like a roaring lion tomorrow. We have to continue to get up daily and do that, which leads to the third thing. Are we being sacrificial with it? Not the sacrifice itself. The sacrifice doesn't matter. Jesus doesn't need our sacrifice. He's already sacrificed. He says, hey, be, be reconciled to your brother first before you throw this at the, offer, at the altar. Sacrificial means that he's calling us. It costs us something. Like 
Jesus tells us to count the cost of following him, and the, the Sermon on the Mount points to all of that. And he's saying, hey, it's going to cost you something. You're going to give up something. And you know what? I would give up this flesh all day long to walk in newness of life in him all day long because this flesh ain't going to lead to nothing but destruction and ruin. And so when it comes to money and we manage it, will we ha- let it have the positive effect that Jesus gives us to manage with it and go and have our eyes open to what he's calling us to do or will we just live in ourselves? In other words, it's an act of worship. Giving and living is an act of worship. Will we worship God with how we live and give, or will we talk about how great we are and sell CDs to our seminar? I'm just saying, it is what it is. That's not what we do here, and I'm so thankful for that. Now, I've done a lot of rambling, I've done a lot of talking, but I think there's someone who could even share it better today before we come back with some practical examples. So take a moment, and let's hear from John Patterson about what God says on living and giving. Check it out. Hello, my name is John Patterson, and I would like to share my testimony on giving. Uh, My story starts out in the early 90s, and I'm going to move pretty quick up to 2002. Um, This is my budget book, and I don't use it anymore, but it tells a story. Like I say, it starts out in the early 90s, and I felt the need that I should have a a budget to to help me have the money I need to in my account to pay insurance, power bill, stuff like that. So through the years, you know, it it seemed to work. Uh, To be honest with you, I really don't know if it did or not. But if you'll notice, if you could see this book, you'll see car insurance, you'll see house payment, power bill, taxes, but you won't see God or savings wrote on these pages. That's because I was not tithing them. Uh, Maybe on occasion, I would drop some money in the offering plate, but that would be about the extent of that. So the years roll by and we come all the way up until um, we come all the way up to April of 2002 and the budget, it just don't work. It just, there should be more money left over at the end of each paycheck and there's not. But in April of 2002, God pressed on me that I was basically robbing and stealing from him. I was not giving back anything. I was not tithing. So I I said, okay. So I thought, what is 10% of what I bring home? Pay attention that I said bring home because that comes into play later. So I see what 10% of that is and I argue with him. I fuss with him. I tell him he don't need my money, that I can't do that. The budget, there's not enough money in it now for it to work. There's no money left over. 
there's no way that I can go up here and give 10% of what I bring home. So I wrestle with this for a few weeks, all kinds of emotions, anger, I was mad just, and so finally I just said, I'm gonna do it. I'm just gonna do it. So, uh, right back here. So, up until this point, I would write out my budgets week by week, most time in advance. So, I said, I'm just gonna give. I'm gonna give the 10% off of what I bring home. If I lose the cell phone or house or whatever, I don't care, I'm just gonna do it. So I went above where I normally write the things that I need the money for and I wrote God and savings at the top of my book. When I got my check, I took 10% out of that to give back to God, 10% for savings. I didn't, I didn't see how this would work. I just, I could not see. And so the next week came, I took God's money out of it. I took my savings out of it. So this went on for about five weeks and I could see that the savings that I had built up, I needed it to make the ends meet. But I was determined that I was not going to stop tithing. I was going to do it no matter what. So the tithe continued to move on. So this went on for a few weeks and I got sort of used to giving my tithe. Um, God had was proving himself that he could do this through me. I trusted in him. And so one day in my quiet time, it was almost like he had said that he was proud of me. But he asked me the strangest thing. He asked me who Uncle Sam was. Why has God asked me who Uncle Sam is? Why would he ask me that? So I thought about that a little bit and it come to me. He wants me to tithe on the gross, not the net. Before taxes, Uncle Sam was getting his before a tithe. And so I went through all these emotions again about why does he need, why do I have to do this? Why the growth? Why not the net? And it's almost like he said, you trusted me given from the net. Trust me given from the gross. I said, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do it. I don't understand it. I don't know how it works. I just, so we move on to, um, and at this time, God knows that there's a, a storm brewing 
in the near future. I don't have a clue, but he does. So I'm pretty used to um, tithing, and this is on two salaries, paying the bills. And so December of 2002, that same year, my wife would leave me and my son and she would take her income with her. So now I still have all the same bills but just one salary. So I think, how can I do this? I, I can't do this. I can't keep tithing. And God said, trust me when you give off the net you trust me when you give off the gross keep trusting me I want to show you something so I continued to give a tithe for about four more weeks I recorded that tithe and it didn't make any sense because the numbers they just wasn't there. I remember saying, well, what do I need for the month? And so I added up with God at the top and I added those up and I come up with a figure at the bottom and I just looked at it because I don't make that much money. I don't have it. But God had showed me something all the way up to this point and so I didn't write another figure in this book. I shut this book. And when I would get paid, I would write my tithe money straight off the top. I would put the rest of it in the bank to live off of. And I would spend that money in a way that pleased him. So, I was careful what I purchased because I wanted him to be pleased with me on how I spent his money. And maybe up to this point, I didn't realize, but the money, not only the money was I given back his, it was all his. And he had entrusted me with this money. So I wondered where I would end my testimony. And really, I could go on for hours talking about God's goodness, how He makes a way when they seem to be no way. He can do things that my mind cannot even imagine. So, I just continue to trust him with my finances, my life, the life of my children. And he always comes through for me and he will come through for you as well. Awesome. Come on, we can thank John for doing that. Listen.
So here's what I have practically. So I'm going to tell you, Jesus is a better steward of your heart than I could ever be, okay? This is why I love our vine families. Here's the thing. We celebrate all these awesome numbers. It's great, but it's what they point to. So let me tell you about the vine, then I'm going to give you some practical examples that is free for you to take advantage of if you want to. I'm going to share personally and corporately. So uh, corporately, as the, at, at the vine, we, we know God called us to give 10% off the top to the local church around the world and 5% to global missions around the world. Every time, every time we get a tithe, every month it goes out. It's not a question. Our pastoral advisory team prays about it. It goes out. It's not a question about whether it goes out. We just trust him with it. And I will tell you, even to this day, because of that, as we've trusted him with it, over 30% has gone out. Like 30%. So now, all of a sudden, we're going to talk about numbers for the 30%. That doesn't make sense. So, so God's doubled it. So then, what in the world does that mean? How do we keep things going? Because it takes money to run things. Like, how do we keep things going? Well, if 30% is going out, that means 70% is there. We must completely be bankrupt. We must completely be negative in the bank every month. And it's absolutely not. It's absolutely more than enough to go out. And so we're able to do what we do, meet, and, and, and we're able to, to, to share the love of Jesus and not be worried about making a house payment, not be worried about making a bill payment because we're trusting him with it. And we know as we go forward, that's what we're going to continue to do. And so what I say, that, and the reason I'm sharing that, and the reason I'm saying this is what John just shared is here at the Vine, we're not just talking the talk. We walk it. And I'm telling you personally, you know that if you're here. Maybe it's the first time joining. I want to personally walk it. I personally walk it. Jesus has called me to get to be in real estate. And I will tell you the reason is, is I'm in real estate so that we're not burdened with having, like, I, I don't feel the burden of the church paying me. That's not what he's called me to do. Are we going to have a staff that's paid? Absolutely. And they should be paid more than Google. That's not the best place on earth. The local church is the best place on earth. So forget that. We're going to take over that because that's what we're called to do. But here I will tell you, in real estate, the reason Jesus has me there is I've seen salvation. I've seen marriages restored. I've performed wedding ceremonies after closings in real estate. I couldn't do that if I just walked in and said, hey, I'm a pastor. Like, walls go up. So I want to walk the walk because in the end, I want to tell you before I give you this practically, in the end, I've had a challenge to this before me before, even when I stepped into real estate and I understood the heart of the person, but it was real is great is the man who lives in inheritance for his children. But I want to tell you my inheritance ain't going to be a dollar in the bank account. I'm going to show my child how to live and give the way Jesus called because I would rather them do that then worry about what street address they live on. Worry about how much wealth they have or how much taxes they pay. I don't care if my bank account's zero every month because it's his, it's all his, and I want to tell you what, look at me. I ain't going hungry yet. It's fine. I trust him, even in the midst of it all. And so I want to tell you, I want to walk the walk too, and I want to tell you personally, I give. I give. I, I, yes, 10%, but God's called me to give more, and I, I love it. I want to get, he's my treasure. Listen, if he can die naked on a cross for me and, and, and just accept the penalty for sin for me, I'm pretty sure when he gives me $100 that I can give at least $10 his way, right? Like, I think I can do that. Now, I'm not going to talk to you about a percentage because I'm going to be real with you. Go back to Malachi. That's it. It's an Old Testament principle. I, I'm not calling you about a percentage. I could care less. Jesus says, I'm going to give you some percentages. I could care less what you do. Jesus is going to tell you what to give. Because you'll find out quickly, as John pointed out, 10% is just a starting block. It's just a starting block, ain't it? 
Just a starting block. So this is what I want to share with you. I want to talk to you really quickly about give, save, and live, just as John did. And I want to say take this challenge for the next 90 days. So when you get $100, break it out. And listen, our Vine kids are learning this today really quickly. I want to tell you, this is a great family exercise. What we're going to do is every family can take one. No, there's not moonshine in here. Don't get excited. Uh, there's mason jars. Oh, we are in the south. It is what it is. I know you're laughing, Uncle Morris. It's okay. Um, wherever you see it, they, they know. Uh, so you're going to get three, three mason jars, okay? Now, they aren't exactly proportional because I guess it is... Uh, we were in moonshine season here, so it just is what it is. But corn prices went up, so we'll see what happens. You're going to get, uh, you're gonna get uh, three, three jars. Now, you dice them up, spice them up, whatever you need to do. But here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to trust Jesus with 10%. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. I don't care if you bring it to this house. I don't care if Jesus tells you to give you 10% to the person on the street corner. I trust him to lead you better than I ever could. I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tithe to the church, but I don't, I don't care. I don't care where you put it. Trust him. Ask him. Ask him where he'll have you put it. If he has you put it in the swimming pool at the Y and let the kids have fun, I don't care. Trust him with it. So the first thing to do is to take $10 and put $10 to give. Take $10 to save. It may not work out. As John's story says, you may have that, but take $10 to save. Put that in there. Teach your children that. And then over the next few weeks, live off the 80, 80%. Because here's the thing I want to tell you. As John said, storm's brewing. My heart is that a, we know a storm's brewing right now economically. Like, I'm just going to be real with you. And this has been on my heart to share with you all year practically how you can do that. And it just happened to fall on this Sunday. So over these next 90 days, will you take Jesus at his word and do that? I don't care if the 10% comes here. I could care less. I've told you. I could care less. I don't, I, I don't look at giving. I could care less about giving. I just shoot out the giving statements because I don't want my heart in the wrong place. But will you trust him with that? Will you trust him if he calls you to save 10% to do that? And will you call to live off 80%? Can you do that? And here's the cool thing. You get to bind this on your heart, just as John did, and you can tell your children, guys, when I did the math, and I gave my 10%. $90 wasn't left over. $90, I needed $100, and I gave God 10 of that 100, and there's no way that the 90 work. And I will tell you, I'm living proof that it works every time. I'm living proof. There's no way the numbers work, because here's the funny thing about the numbers. If God created the numbers, do you not think he's already got it worked out? Trust him in it. So every family can grab one set of mason jars. And I just want to challenge you. I want to steward our children in a way that they understand this. Because when, when we can do that with our children, like I grew up, didn't really know, I, I didn't know this. I knew to trust God, but I, I didn't know practically how to do it. All right? We can raise our children up practically how to do it. So here's how you can practically do it with your children these next few days. Maybe it's not money. What if they share 10% of their candy with their friends at school? Maybe the kid who doesn't seem like they got much. What kind of door would that open? How great and awesome opportunity is that to teach our children about the love of Jesus and how he opened his arms and welcomed outsiders in instead of saying they had to meet a criteria to be a part of what he was doing.
So, give, save, and live. Can we do that? And if you want to be a part of that, do that. I don't care. You make it a flower pot. They're over there. Do what you need to do. But I just want to say, trust Jesus. I'm living proof. Listen, there are multiple times the numbers don't make sense. It works out every time because I trust him. And I want that for you too. So, really quickly, one more time. <clears throat> the Learjet cost about two mil, I think, is what we need. I'm going to send this around. I need you to live instead of off of 80%, 20%. I need the, <laughs> really, trust Jesus. I know these jars aren't proportional, but I think it would be really cool if when we grow up, we share this with our children and they know, okay, this is what I need to live off of. And man, if they could live off that, when God calls them to go in ministry, because you know ministers are always overpaid. Uh, when he calls them to go into ministry, this ain't nothing. Yep, I'll take that step, Lord. When he says, hey, I need you to go to Thailand and you're not going to get paid for it. Wherever you are, Lord, that's where I want to be. That's what we can share with our children. So that is the practical step I have for us today to give, save, and live. But before we wrap up, we've had some awesome Halloween costumes today, haven't we? I'm dressed as a human being again. I want to let you know that is what it is because I'm probably a droid of some kind. It's all right. Uh, wherever you are with that. Uh, I love Halloween time and Halloween costumes because, man, doesn't it just feel good being something outside of yourself, being something cool? We've got some M&Ms today. We've got some frat boys, I think, somewhere around here. We've got some, got some Hogwarts. We've got some Mario Karts. I think I saw Mickey Mouse somewhere. Uh, somewhere in the midst, we saw, uh, was it Doc McStuffins? We've seen some doctors somewhere in the midst here today. We've seen all kinds of good things. We've seen little preachers dressed up. We've got all kinds of things. We've actually even seen a Tyrannosaurus Rex. They did exist, okay? They are, they are real, and they were just here. But the cool thing about that is being and having fun and joy. And I want to tell you, if you want to flourish in this life, the reason we love doing that and that joy and you want to flourish in this life, that's what God wants for us. It's a flourish. See, the thing is, we've got to do it his way. We don't have to dress up a special way or, or work to, to get it. We just have to receive it. So much so, Paul reminds us this way in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9. He says this, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Our God loves us enough that he would step down from riches, put on human skin, live a perfect sinless life we couldn't live, die the death we deserve, paying the penalty for our sins on the cross, naked, hung naked, beaten, mocked, spit on, goes to a tomb, rises again on the third day. Because he loves us, we get to have that same spirit that raised him from the dead in us to be heaven on earth now. We don't have to wait for it. God loves us that much. And I don't know about you, but if he loves me that much and it's just a starting block, man, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that. Maybe today you want to be a part of that. Can you see that God stepped, that Jesus stepped down from the heaven, stepped down from heaven for us? And he's not standing here saying, hey, I need you to clean yourself up. I need you to keep all the Ten Commandments. I need you to give all this money. I need you to meet a threshold. I need you. He doesn't have any of those. The only requirement is this. Through faith, we receive the free gift. 
That's it. We trust that he is who he says he is, that we are sinners in need of a savior and we can't save ourselves. We can search this world. We can sacrifice. We can try to be faithful. We can be consistent in trying to save ourselves. And the only consistent thing that leads to is death. Death. We cannot do it. It doesn't matter how much wealth we accumulate, how many cars, houses, jobs, it doesn't matter. How many times we serve at the soup kitchen, doesn't even matter how much you give to the church. It will not save you. And so Jesus says, I don't need all that. I want you, your heart. And so today, maybe you've been chasing all that. You're trying to be a good person. Stop trying to be a good person. Receive Jesus as your savior and trust him because I'm telling you, if I can trust him with the penalty for my sins, if I can trust him for my salvation, I can definitely trust him with my money. That's really easy. I can trust him with money at that moment in time. So with every head bow and every eye closed, the reason we do what we do every week is so that some would come to know Jesus for the first time and others would be reminded of who he is to all of us. So with every head bow and every eye closed, it's not the words of this prayer that that saves you. It's the faith that Jesus is who he says he is. So with every head bow and every eye closed, would everyone please repeat this prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I believe you came, lived the perfect sinless life. I couldn't live. Died the death I deserve, paying the penalty for my sins on the cross. But loved me enough not to stay dead, but rose again on the third day, so that I may have life. Come take over my life, Lord. Teach me to follow you step by step the rest of my life the best way I know how. With every head bow and every eye closed, in this house, online, podcast, wherever you're listening, on the count of three, I'm gonna ask you to boldly respond if for the first time you can say that you have given your life to Jesus. You have received this free gift of salvation. One, two, three. Would you raise your hand if that's you? If you're in the house, if you're online, you'll see a hand that's raised. Would you click that link? If you're listening throughout the week, if you're in our app or you're listening via podcast, reach out for 580-6698. Shoot us a text message. Give us a call. We want to celebrate this step with you because this is the first step for you walking in freedom to be exactly who you were created to be in him. And when that happens and Jesus is your treasure, your heart will follow and it's not gonna be easy, but you're gonna have peace through it because you're gonna be able to have faith that he is who he says he is. And for the rest of us, you can look up, we're gonna celebrate in this moment. Yeah, we got a lot about living and giving, but I just wanna celebrate our Vine fam. Listen, today I I talked about some storage unit and some Amazon. I saw some of you probably deleting those packages because they were supposed to come today. Don't do that. I'm not here to beat you up about that. Trust him. I want to say this all the way through. I'm thankful that we trust Jesus. I'm thankful that we walk in faithful obedience. I'm thankful that we know that he has the future. He knows where we're going to go. I mean, listen, y'all, he's got people listening to this in Canada. He's got people meeting in apartments in different states watching this. I mean, he's got people all over the place. There are people downloading our app that we have not got to meet personally. And why would he allow us to be a part of that? Because we're where he is. We trust him. We're walking in faith. And sometimes the numbers don't make sense. It just doesn't. But we know that it doesn't make sense that he would come die for us either. And so if we can trust him with that, we can trust him with all. So in this moment, as we celebrate I'm thankful for each and every one of you. I'm thankful that four years of God's faithfulness is here for 400 years to come. So as we stand up, we're gonna worship and celebrate Jesus in this moment. And I'm just gonna, I just want you to step into his presence and I want us 
to leave here better than how we walked in. So let's worship. Is your burden weighing heavy? Past the point of weary. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Shame's done all it's stealing. And you're desperate for some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes a way where there ain't no way. Rises up from an empty grave. Ain't no sinner that he can't save. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and his grace is free. And the good news is. Hey, seriously, if Jesus can put up with me, trust me, he can, he can save you. Trust me, trust me. I can tell you so many crazy things he could, and we can celebrate the fact that none of us 
could out send his grace. All we have to do is freely receive it. So as we go out this week, we share, we, we share what we learned at church. Here's all I, want, I need you to share this week. Jesus. The rest falls into place. So we can't wait to, for you to join us next week as we continue our series. We're going to get ready to keep celebrating, take some photos, have some kids destroy some candy in Jesus' name. But we can't wait to see you next week as we continue our series, What Does the Bible Say About? Always remember, the best is still yet to come.